everybody. Welcome to the New Market Alliance Church Podcast. For more information on the vision, programs, and news of our church, be sure to check us out at www.newmarketalliance.ca. We'd like to encourage you as well that no podcast, no matter how good, can substitute for the experience of joining together in person at a worship celebration. That's where God really meets people, often through the love and ministry of others. At NAC, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. Now let's join this week's teaching. All right. We're going to do things just a little differently today. Um, Just as a way of a setup, I, I am bad for remembering things. In fact, I just put the top 10 things that I am bad at remembering or forgetting. Did you see that there? Uh, number 10, I think if I remember, okay, so keys, but I did get these, uh, have you seen the tile? You put, it's like a, I can't even, I see my keys, I can't remember where the keys are. That's funny, okay. So keys, uh, my wallet, uh, my phone, oh, look at that. Uh, I forget uh, to return phone calls, I'm very sorry. Uh, keep going. Wallet, yes. Laundry in the washer. It's, and then it smells. And uh, Bible verse references. I, you know, I'm good with the content, just not so much the address. Uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, what else? Uh, to return phone calls, for sure. My computer passwords. Oh, anybody else? Yeah? Okay. To tell Vicky my schedule. Um, like, hey, I'm not going to be home for the next... Three days. Uh, <laughs> names, I'm, forgive me, I've asked some of you three times. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'm working on that. And then, oh, to eat lunch. It'll, isn't that weird? At three o'clock, I'm like, why am I so furious right now? Oh, right, because I haven't eaten since yesterday. Uh, anybody else forget stuff? Like, like what, Diane? To eat lunch too? Yeah, it's a weird thing. You'd think, you know. Um, packed throughout Scripture is a challenge for us to remember. Remember. Remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember how he has saved you. Remember how he is for you and not against you. You know, the rainbow was created by God as a way to remember his promises, his covenant with Noah. Exodus, you can read all about these feasts that the Israelites were to do at prescribed times as a way to remember. Um, Our holidays, Christmas, Easter, Advent, it's a way for us to remember. God remembers us. Scripture says it would be more likely for a mother breastfeeding her baby to forget her own kid than it would be for God to forget you. I will not forget you, he says in Isaiah. And that's all throughout the Bible. Not that God... um, forgets anything but when he says i i will remember you he's saying i will intervene on your behalf i will consciously think of you and we we do that at passover and seder remember those who were at the seder meal each of those elements represented a thing that we ought to remember throughout the bible there monuments are built altars are built to remember Covenants are made so that we remember. Names are changed 
um, so that you were remembered. You used to be called Simon. Now I call you Peter, because on this rock I will build the church. You used to be called Saul. Now I call you Paul. You used to be called Abram. Now I call you Abraham, because you'll be a father to many. And so whenever people were afraid, they were encouraged to remember what God had done for them, how faithful he was to them, and the wonders he had done. God's people were told to remember the law, remember to be holy, to be, to be uh, righteous, uh, to remember the disciplines. And there's tons of examples of people like um, David and Samson and Solomon crying out, God, don't forget about me. And I've prayed prayers like that. God, are you, are you there? Remember, I'm here. Um, other times in the Bible, God says to remember the Sabbath, remember the poor, uh, remember the prisoners, remember the oppressed, remember the sick. Uh, and today, what I'd like to do is ask you to remember 2019. Remember the year that we've come out of, the good times, the rough times, I find it interesting that it's often in the, in the valleys that God really reveals himself. Um, I want you to remember how God has been faithful through it all. And later, we're going to ask that you would remember him in the way that he asked us to remember him through his body and through his blood. And so today, we're going to remember through some classic songs even, um, songs that have stood the test of time. Uh, the, the church is still singing. Um, millennials, we call these hymns. Not hers, hymns. And, and today we're going to do some hymns or new renditions of it. You know, Glenn even had to ask me some about, is this a hymn? Is this a, oh, he's so adorable. I just want to pinch his cheeks. He's so... And we love the new songs here at NAC. We do. But some, some of these... Him, some of these older songs ground us in our faith. They help us to remember where we've come from. And I've asked some people to share and uh, to remember some moments of the past year. If we have time, perhaps, later in the, in the service, I'll just put a bug in your ear right now that maybe we, we would have time to spontaneously share some, some stories of God's faithfulness that we would remember Right now, I'd like to invite uh, Michelle Rogers, if she would come. And um, some people who are coming have been very bold. I don't think they, they love doing this, but they're being obedient to their pastor. And uh, I'm grateful for that. So, Michelle, thank you. Why don't you give Michelle a hand? So, if you were with us this year... You know, a big part of our teaching was on this idea that Jesus has left the building, that we're actually supposed to take the good news of Jesus outside these church walls and into the neighborhood and into our homes. And Michelle actually has this unique situation where, where, <laughs> where the world was coming into her home, because you have a unique business. Just tell us quickly about, about your home business. Okay, um, I'm a trainer and a nutritionist, so I have... We live in Mount Albert, um, small town. I never thought this would be a full-time gig, but um, it became word of mouth, just spread, and people started coming in and training and, and getting healthy, and um, it just led to so much more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really taken off. 
And so here you have people coming right into your home, and uh, they think, oh, well, this is really just about dealing with fitness and nutrition. But as, as you've built relationships with them, um, they really start to open up to you. Um, tell us a bit about how that happens. Yeah, it's neat because they, they realize they're on a journey. Uh, they come with usually a goal in mind, whether it's like sports-oriented or, you know, to lose weight or just to get stronger. Um, but it's really cool to watch them in their journey, um, you know, hit their marker points and, and gain self-confidence and build character. But, um, yeah, just to see them um, realize, okay, I hit my marker points, you know, I'm eating clean. Um, but sometimes they realize that they're missing something more and there's some, something else missing. And, and then they ask questions like, why are you so passionate about us? Why do you love us so much? And why are you so full of joy? And, and uh, even through challenges, they, they realize things like learning how to be grateful. We did a gratefulness challenge. And uh, at the end of every day, they had to share with a partner who they teamed up with, like what they're grateful for. And, and that changed their mindsets like crazy. So, uh, yeah. You had this lady who came. And I, I doubt she had the intention of sort of sharing this with you at the beginning. But she was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. Would you just tell us a little bit about that journey with her? Yeah, she's uh, very dear to my heart. She, uh, she reached out two years ago. Um, she was dealing with anxiety and depression, like you mentioned. Um, a lot of that stemmed from an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. Um, she would gain a lot of weight, and she had no energy. And uh, her doctor actually prescribed her to mentally come and train because um, just to you know, release endorphins and, and get moving and get healthy. And so we, we tackled, uh, you know... Uh, I just loved her and accepted her in, and, and you know, we, we just started to train, and um, she reached some amazing goals, and, and we fine-tuned her eating, and, you know, her blood work was coming back completely clean, like her Hashimoto's is gone, um, and she fell in love with it so much, and, and built so much character, and just her self-confidence. Um, we, we also had amazing heart-to-hearts, because she lost her dad last March, and you know, having some in-depth conversations that are not always easy, um, you know, about death and her dad. And um, just the growth that comes from it was amazing. Um, but she decided to take it all up to another level, and she competed last April, and she did amazing. And she won a transformation challenge, and, and she just recently competed this December as well, and uh, she earned her pro card. And so to see her go from, like, anxiety and depression and Hashimoto's to today being a pro card athlete and uh, just, you know, so much stronger inside and, and asking questions and saying, I think I need church in my life. Mm. So just really cool things like that. So, you know, they'll learn it's more about God and, and their faith, but it's just, you know, planting those seeds and being there for them through thick and thin. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you have a bunch of these stories, but just one more about, um, you know, another fellow who thought fitness might be the first step in kind of cleaning up his life, but it turned into something so much bigger. Just tell us about him. Yeah, he's another awesome one. Uh, he, um, he's only been training with me for about almost nine months, and uh, he reached out to me because he, um, he heard a friend was training with me, and he thought that's the answer to what I need to do right now because he was addicted to drugs, uh, drinking. He, his marriage was crumbling. Um, and he came and met with me, and I didn't know this till a couple months ago, but the day he met, uh, and I interviewed him, and we chatted about his goals, and um, he decided to quit drinking and, and drugs and uh, to reconnect with his wife. And 
uh, through the training and through the journey of his, his progression, he's, he's grasped on to so much, so much mentally and emotionally as well as training and, and, you know, dropping a bunch of weight. But he's learned that there's so much more to life and he's just exploding. And, you know, he partnered up with me for the gratefulness challenge and he's, it was really funny at the end of it, he was like, is it the vitamins that are making me feel this way? And I'm like, no, buddy, it's a heart full of gratefulness. So just keep rolling with it. So, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's asked me a lot about church and, and about God. And his sister had been praying for him for years. Since she was a teenager, she became a Christian. And, you know, she's been praying and praying that somebody would come into his life and, and just witness to him and, and just be there for him yeah. and accept him. Yeah. What's so, so cool? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it chokes you up a bit, doesn't yeah. it? Just thinking of changed lives. I... Um, I think what's cool about it is, like, this is not what you'd call hard evangelism, where, hey, welcome to our basement gym, and here's the four spiritual laws, and, you know, turn or burn. This is, <laughs> this is building relationship, and, and interestingly, them coming to you. What, why are you so different? And tell me about this Jesus that you know. And so it must be very cool for you and Brent to kind of minister together like this, have a have a business kind of turn into a ministry. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's That's awesome. It's quite amazing because I'm actually an introvert and I don't like the stage much like my husband likes it. I don't. Um, but even to use, to see how God can use you even if you feel so small. Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. We're really proud of you, Michelle. And uh, let's give her a hand. Yeah. I'd like to invite uh, my friend Keith West, if he would come up. And um, like I said, for many of you, it's been a hard year. It's often where God shows up significantly. It wasn't in this calendar year, Keith, but not that long ago, uh, you lost someone very significant to you. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Um, Well, let me start by apologizing for not sending you a Christmas card. Yeah. I appreciate it a lot. I forgive you. But, okay, uh, I'll try for next year. <laughs> um, well, you know what, I'm, I'm very grateful to tell this story. And while it is somewhat sad, uh, I hope that you'll also find that it's uh, very hopeful. Um, I wanted to tell the story, and I had, I had told Jonathan this uh, some time ago, that uh, I wanted to share uh, about my sister Janet and her passing um, um, I grew up, it, this story starts about 55 years ago. <clears throat> I grew up in the uh, city of London, Ontario. And as a young boy, we went to uh, church there. And uh, that church used to ho- hold open air sessions in the summer. I would go and, you know, it's interesting. My sister was 15 years older than I was. and uh, But as a very young boy, I remember distinctly in those services, her singing in a choir. Amazing what you remember as a, as a young boy. She left shortly thereafter from London to go off to school, and uh, uh, the faith that she had as a young woman was lost. Um, hers was not always an easy life, and uh, the circumstances of life uh, brought her to a point where she left her faith. And uh, if you're like me, uh, you probably have people in your life that uh, Michelle just talked about. You're, you, you have people in your life that are are praying for you. And uh, I prayed for years uh, for my sister that she would come back to her faith, that she would find that faith. And uh, um, some of the discussions that we would have over the years were not always easy. In fact, they were somewhat difficult. 
uh, just because of the nature of her life and some of the circumstances that she found herself in. Um, if you um, uh, fast forward to this to two summers ago, we got a call that uh, my sister, who is now in her mid-70s, was seriously ill in a Hamilton hospital. They couldn't figure out what it was that was wrong with her, um, but that she was in an intensive care unit, and uh, we were asked to come down and say goodbye to her. So the whole family came down, and uh, my sister was a real fighter, and uh, she, she uh, actually stayed in the ICU unit uh, for some six weeks. Um, she didn't die that evening, and uh, she, uh, she really fought for her life. As I went in to visit her, uh, I would sit by her bedside, and I would pray for her. I would pray for wisdom for the doctors because they had no idea what was going on with her, and she was in a deep coma. She was really struggling, and she was very sick. They had no idea, so I would pray for wisdom for the doctors. I prayed for her healing. I prayed earnestly for her healing. Um, but I prayed that God would be present in her life because as I sat there, she was um, struggling. She was in a deep coma. Uh, I, there was really no hope. Um, she stayed in that uh, for six weeks. And at the uh, end of those six weeks, we got a call Elizabeth and I had gone up to the cottage. We got a call to say that uh, she was just about ready to go and that the doctors wanted to talk to us um, and that we should come uh, the next day. Uh, and, um, you know, I spent the evening, I didn't sleep much. I stayed uh, praying for her. Um, and when I got the phone call, there was this little voice that said to me, go early to that meeting, go early. And I said to Elizabeth, and she had, Elizabeth has a direct connection to the Holy Spirit most of the time. Um, I don't. Um, but that little voice said to me, go early. And I talked to her about it, and she said, well, go early. <laughs> I phoned my sister, my other sister, and I told her what I had heard. And she said, I heard the same thing. Let's go early. We arrived at the uh, intensive care unit. Uh, that morning, my sister was awake, my sister was alert, my sister had a breathing tube so she couldn't talk, but she wanted to see us. My sister went in first, my other sister went in first, and she read her from uh, Psalm 23, mm. and uh, as she read, my eldest sister cried, and um, she came out. And because of the nature of her illness, we had to garb up, full mask, hat, garb, <laughs> gloves, boots, the whole thing. And as I was garbing up, this song came to me, this song that I had heard as a little boy some 55 years ago came into my mind. And I heard this voice say, sing it to her. Well, if you've ever been into an intensive care unit, last thing you want to do is sing to somebody, and I'm going, what? You want me to sing to her? Uh, sure enough, we got in, and as I visited with my sister, I said to her, do you remember singing in a trio in London, Ontario? And she nodded at me, and I said, do you remember the song, um, This Is My Story? And she said to me, yes. 
through her breathing tube. And um, I sang with my sister, this is my story. It goes a little bit like, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And then the chorus goes, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Well, you know, I hadn't sung that song for a long, long time. The beauty of this is that both my other sister and I knew all the words, and we sang. We were told later that that we sounded like angels. Um, I don't know about that, but... That's what we were told. And, uh, you know, that was nothing but, but listening to God and uh, God's connecting back with my sister, Janet, to say, I knew you a long time ago. I know you today. Amen. After we had sung that, I, I, I asked her if, if she knew that God loved her. And she nodded. And I said, could I pray for you? And she nodded. And I just prayed the love of Jesus over her, the love of God uh, over her, because uh, I knew that her time was coming to an end. Uh, she allowed me to pray for me, and as I left, she reached up, she took my hand, and she told me that she loved me. Mm. You know, this is, it's a hard thing for a young brother uh, to go to a sister who's older, 15 years older. There's a respect thing. And the last thing I wanted to do was to uh, I didn't want to disrespect her, but she seemed that she really wanted my sister and I to minister to to her that morning. Um, after I, as I was leaving, Jonathan last week talked about the peace that Jesus wants to give to you. As I walked out from that room that morning, I knew that peace. I knew that I could go and that I had left my sister in God's hands. And uh, it was a remarkable thing to know that uh, she was in good hands. Mm. We, um, she died shortly thereafter. Um, She died from Legionnaire's disease, a terrible disease to have. Um, uh, The doctors didn't find out until it was too late and all of her major organs failed. But... uh, you know, um, I left that room, and there is a real sense of peace that only, I think, Jesus can give in those circumstances. Mm. Just in closing, Keith, any insights, any takeaways about God, about you? What, what, what learnings have you gleaned from this? Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, you know, uh, if you're like me, you probably have people in your life that you prayed for for years. Um, and you sometimes think that it'll never get to a point where, you know, you'll ever have a chance to talk about spiritual things with them, or they'll never come to faith or come back to their faith. Um, don't give up would be the first one. I, I never thought in an instant that I would ever have this chance to minister to my sister, to tell her how important, um, Jesus was in her life. Um, don't give up. The other one was, it's amazing how God connects people. God is present, and he connects people back 
He used a song in this instance to connect her back to her faith many, many years ago. And uh, uh, it was an amazing thing to see. Uh, and I think it was just a Holy Spirit moment. And the other thing I would say is that if you hear that little voice, listen to it. Um, sometimes uh, we're so busy in our life. I know I'm so busy in my life. I don't often hear the Holy Spirit say to me, do something. Mm. In this instance, I'm really glad that I went early. I listened to that voice. I listened to that voice to sing uh, to my sister. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing is my other sister also prayed. My parents prayed for my, my eldest sister for years and years, and so did my other sister, who is a Christian that I have, I have uh, 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 loved for, for her faith for many, many years. And we went in together. Um, partnership going in, you know, if you follow the Bible at all in the New Testament, people went in in pairs into villages to, to speak about the gospel. I was so grateful that my other sister heard the Holy Spirit and was also able to, to, to come in and minister with me, and uh, I'm, I'm always grateful for that. So thank you for letting me uh, tell this story. Uh, I, I miss my, my sister dis- desperately. I wish that he had answered the prayer about healing her, quite frankly, as I've thought about it. Um, but you know what? He answered another prayer, and that was the prayer that we were praying for many, many, many years about her coming back to her faith. He answered it in a different way, and uh, I'll be forever grateful for that. Amen. So thank you. Thank you, Keith. I want to invite one more person. Lana, would you come? And she's not super thrilled about this, but... Um, you know, a lot of churches, like we, we do this, we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little money on a Facebook ad every now and then, and some churches spend more money. Just grab that mic there, Lana. And on, you know, a newspaper ad or whatever, what they should really do is just have Alana come to their church and her mom, Jennifer, because they have been the best advertisement for New Market Alliance Church. Uh, you have uh, brought all kinds of people and uh, just seemed to be, like, spreading the good news. I wonder um, why. why. Why are you so excited about what God's doing here? Why has this become sort of contagious? Um, tell, tell me about what, yeah. This, yeah. There you go. Hi. <laughs> um, so for me, my mom used to come before me. She was kind of church hopping with uh, Marilyn. And they were bringing my daughters, times that my mom would babysit, she would bring them here, and they loved it. So my mom said to me, you know, they like it, you should come. So I said, okay, I'll go. I haven't been to church since I was, I don't even want to admit it, so I won't admit it. So my kids were coming, and they loved it, so I said, okay, I'm going to go. So I went. I liked it. I loved the feeling here. You guys are wonderful people. I just want to say that. Like, you guys have been so great, like, especially you. Honestly, Chris, like, you have just touched my heart. I love you. And I just think that everybody here has been so welcoming. You as well. You're hilarious. Like, the first person to get up here in a church setting and be like, hey, let me tell jokes. <laughs> I feel like my priest as a kid would smite you. <laughs> <laughs> Almighty smiter. 
no, it's just, it's been wonderful. The overall vibe here is great. Everybody's just been so welcoming. It makes you want to come back, which is so not normal for church. Jennifer, your mom is, you two are a one-two uh, hit of, of advertising. <laughs> and I, I wonder if, well, you touched on it, but you must have gone through a season of your life where, where faith was not on your radar. Tell us a bit about that. Um, I've definitely, I've never really fully lost my faith. I think that having my religion I grew up Catholic so you're kind of afraid to not be religious so growing up I always kind of had my faith I was always I always believed in God I, I I don't I don't understand how anybody goes through life not having something to believe in but I definitely for a period of my life would have considered myself to be agnostic but um since coming back here it's definitely completely renewed my faith and I find it hard to imagine how I went through my teen years in the precarious positions I found myself in and I didn't have this level of faith. I had such a, I had no faith at all. Let's just be honest. And I find that now coming back here, I, d- I deal with things different. And I deal with my life different. And I find that that's where that renewed faith is really coming from. So that's, that's amazing. That's <laughs> and your kids have been super involved. And has that been, has that been good for them? Oh, they love it. Um, my younger one used to be afraid of going into any situation with people that she didn't know. And now she comes here and she loves it. My older one struggles socially at school. She's a little bit bullied. And when she comes here, she has a social gathering that she doesn't get at school. So for me, like, it's beautiful to come here and see her where she's happy with the kids that are in the Forge group. She loves it. And to me, like, it just goes to show how strong God's presence is in this building. Mm. It really is. That's amazing. You, there's there's going to be challenges in 2020. There's vocational challenges. There's going to be health challenges. What? How has this newly energized faith made a difference? Um, It definitely made me reevaluate my own life and kind of see where I was stagnating in life. Just in coming here, it's made me more, like, motivated in my own life. Every decision I make, I have my faith at the forefront of my mind. And I find that even when I leave here every Sunday, you literally leave me with something to think about. And all week I think about it, and I come back, and I'm like, okay, what's next? So it's such a, every week you renew us. It, you really do. So I feel like it's just, just coming here in general. It just keeps the faith going. Amen. Give it up for Elena. You did, you did great. Beautiful. Chris is the welcoming hands and feet of Jesus, and I'm the funny one. So, you know. Um, just, just in closing, you know, my... We've been talking about remembering, and my favorite use of the word remember in the Bible is when God chooses not to remember. There are times he intentionally forgets. You know, when I confess my, my sin, my garbage, my offenses to him, not only does he forgive, but he chooses to forget. Is, do you have, Liz, that verse from Hebrews 8, verse 12? Here it comes. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Corey Tenboom is a name that you may remember, uh, served uh, time in a concentration camp, beautiful Christian lady, and she said um, about Jesus, he throws my sins in the sea of forgetfulness and puts up a no fishing sign, I think is so great. You know, just the simple search of the word remember in the Bible, 163 times it comes up. It's, it's a concept we clearly need to get our heads around, to remember, to reflect, to recall, 
what God has done in our lives, and it, maybe it needs to be a discipline, the way Michelle did it with her clients of, of with gratitude, remembering how God is faithful, because I think part of the human condition is, is forgetting, is complacent. It's, it's our tendency to be more interested in the new. If you want to do something interesting, it's read um, through First and Second Kings, and notice from chapter to chapter how God's people uh, follow him and love him and then reject him and then follow him and love him and they get disciplined and, and they reject him and then get disciplined. And it, it's, it's embarrassing. And you could start to feel a little holier than thou until you think about your own life and how from week to week we're a little bit like this. And so um, it's good to just reflect on on the faithfulness of God, all that he's done for us, the grace that we've received in him.